podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Hi, this is Ryan Mason. I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the Spurs Show end of season event at 100 Club on May 16th. Go to live.spurshow.net for tickets. See you there. Hello, good evening. Welcome to the part two of a very special live show at the Albany Great Portland Street. I'm joined once again by Theo Delaney, Martin Lipton, and if you haven't heard part one yet, press pause, go back on iTunes, Acast, <laughs> wherever you are, listen to part one because it's wonderful. But let's welcome back again Mr. Alan Mallow. Thank you so much for joining us again, Alan. Uh, don't forget, uh, Bits of Business, uh, this season we're back by Ladbrokes. Go to bet.spurshow.net for that, for special bets. Next month, May the 16th, our end-of-season live show with Mr. Ryan Mason. Uh, you can be at this event by either going to season.spurshow.net. So for £10, you can be there. Well worth it. Uh, we, we, we finished part one with some wonderful stories around that iconic 1970 World Cup. Returning to Spurs, um, here on this very seat in last September, we were very lucky to have Hunter Davis here, who obviously wrote the glory game. And Hunter was obviously there, probably the last German martyr said, imagine now, I mean, I know um, Grillam, but but he wasn't there literally in the dressing room. I mean, Hunter used to take part in training sessions, sit on the bench, uh, especially the European games. Hunter talked about that wonderful sort of early 70s team. He talked a lot about how Bill Nick was with Martin Chivers, who in your wonderful uh, autobiography, you know, you had a great affinity with Martin, what a wonderful player was. I mean, he talks about then and in the book how you were the only kind of player at the time that you talked about Bill Nick before, how you kind of stood up to Bill Nick and, and you, you were quite vociferous during games in the dressing room about how, how Bill treated Martin uh, yeah. as, 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 a, as a player, as a person. Yeah. What was your memories of that? And, and what Martin... I mean, you talked about Jimmy Greaves before yeah. and players that... Mm-hmm. This is now Mark III, the third phase of mm-hmm. the Bill Nick era. Of that era. What was your memories of Martin's that? first game when he came from Southampton was against Sheffield Wednesday, up there on a Wednesday night. We'd all been at um, uh, Lillishaw. And uh, literally, he scored two goals we won 2-1 and we hadn't won at Sheffield for years and years and years but he was, he was as soon as he arrived he scored goals which was terrific but what he did have being the giant that he is you know and a real powerful fellow he never had any temper he was always a very quiet lad and still is um, he didn't hurt anybody even though he could have you know playing as a centre forward as he was he scored goals for fun as well uh, and literally, Bill used to give him terrible stick. I mean, really castigate him. And Eddie Bailey as well. Eddie was the same. And uh, I found this, you know, absolutely stupid. I mean, we played it. switch one day. And uh, we win 2-1. Martin gets both the goals. Where you walked into the corner at Ipswich, you know, to get in the dressing rooms, I'm shaking hands with the Ipswich players, you know. And as we walk across, I'm about two or three minutes before getting... And as I walk in, Bill is facing the rest of the players, and he's giving them a right rollicking. 
And he, Martin, most of all, he ripped into Martin. You know, if you lazy sod, he said, we should have had four or five goals and you should have got them. He said, why don't you get it? He said, because you're lazy. You don't work hard enough. And I said, Bill, leave him alone. He said, don't you tell me to leave him alone. I said, well, I'm telling you to leave him alone. I said, he's just won us the game. 2-1, and you're knocking him on the head. I said, why don't you give him a pat on the back? He said, don't you tell me how to manage, don't you? So anyway, he gives me a shove, so I give him a shove. So he goes to give me a bigger one. I give him another one, you know, and he says, yeah. And all the players ran into the bath. You know, left me and Bill like, arguing over it, you know. All the great cowards they were, weren't they? You know, sticking up. But that, that was... That was a regular thing, you know, really? with Bill. Oh, absolutely. You but know. You always, it was always next day everything was fine? Uh, yes, yeah. I don't think we owed any grudges to each other. Uh, I didn't with him anyway. And he was, you know, as I say, he, he was a, how can I say, um, a hard-faced Yorkshireman. Yeah. But a genius as a manager. Yeah. Absolutely. And the funny thing about him and Martin Chivers is that, that they ended up, certainly yes, Martin had close. nothing but affection yeah. and Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's Martin walking on with Bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And it was, yeah, and it was a genuine yeah, walk between them, despite yeah. all that yeah. had gone on. That's yeah. what Martin is. You know, he, he forgives things very easily mm. uh, because he's that type of lad. He's, uh, he's a really nice fellow. That time now, you mentioned before with Venables, you're now captain. First trophy as a Tottenham captain was the League Cup, which then took you into Europe. 1971, we beat Aston Villa. Villa yeah. Um, during that cup run, there's a, there's a great story. We actually we faced that run. What was then the second division teams? Four second division teams, including a very strange incident at Millwall. Do you remember what happened at Millwall? That that. League Cup run because it yes. is extraordinary that happened today. I've got to laugh uh, because it's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we we were on our way down, you know, in the coach uh, to Millwall, and they were in the old den in those those days. Cold uh, place, uh, not the nicest place to go to. Cold, anyway. Is it Coldblow Cold Lane? Lane. Cold yeah, Coldblow Lane. Lane. Just yeah. the name of it. That was a good word for the ground, yeah. wasn't it? Coldblow Lane. Anyway, we we we're fighting. Literally, the, the we had a police escort with a coach, and then the coach got stuck in all this crowd, and they started to rock the coach. You know, we thought, God, dear me, you know, let's get there quick. Anyway, we, we get to the ground, and they're all throwing bits at us as we get off the, off the coach and, you know, get into the dressing rooms and things like this. So they used to come out behind the goal at Millwall in those days. That was where the dressing room was. And our supporters were up the far end. So I said, come on, lads, let's get out there, you know, and we'll go give the supporters a wave and this and that. So we walked to the halfway line, literally, and there we are, standing on the halfway line, clapping people and things like that, and two fellas jumped over the small wall there. And one had a chicken under his arm, <laughs> and one had a small gallows, very tiny gallows. And, and the pitch where we were wet in the centre circle... And we all sort of moved back from these two fellas. And the first one put the gallows in, in the mud. And then the second one rang the chicken's neck and put him on this rope. And it was gangling around like that, the chicken, you know. And Greavesy, of all people, you know, he, he, he turned around and he went, I think it's going to be hard today, lads. <laughs> <laughs> And it was. Can you imagine now on the news a, a team of fans running on hanging a cockerel, a live cockerel, 
killing it live on a football pitch in front of players. Soon he thought he was brave again. That's all right, Jim. Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, if there was any trouble, Jim was at the back. Bless <laughs> anyway, four yeah. marks for creativity, though. Yeah, that, that, that would be. Imagine if, today someone would film it on a phone and it'd be it'd be all over yeah. around the world. But the, but the but the police didn't chase him. <laughs> The stewards, the stewards chased the two of them, <laughs> but they just jumped over the wall and into the crowd. At that date, there was yeah. over 40,000 people there. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, we drew nil-nil, so it was tough, but then we went back and we beat them at, uh, at White Hart Lane. And basically, which is absolutely amazing, the two games generated over 100,000 people. Mm. You know, there was 40-odd wow. thousand there, we had 60,000 at White Hart Lane. And, uh, and we ended up beating them 1-0. Alan Gilsey scored the goal. The, the following season, 72, which many people here might have forgotten, if you're there, you, you got a really bad injury mm. and you were kept out for around five months. Yep. Um, during that time of the injury, you, you've talked a lot about Bill Nick. You, you, in your relationship, let's be honest, at that time during the injury really kind of broke down. And looking back, how do you think the club handled that whole injury and the breakdown of relationships. Remind people or people who don't remember what actually happened and how was that as a, you know, you were captain of the team. Yeah. You went five months and it, you really fell out with him. Mm. Well, I found that they, he, he, you know, he wanted more about the side and he worried more about the side than he did about... What was the injury, by the way? Like... I had a pelvic injury, right. um, which is... Jagged edges, you know, in your pelvis. Is that rubbing? Um, is that the bone rubbing away? Yeah, or painful. Yeah, very painful. Um, I mean, it was that painful. I, I couldn't walk upstairs and things like that. We had to bring the bed downstairs, the single bed that uh, I had in a garage or whatever it was, and I had to sleep down there because. I, and every time I got in a car, if I moved one leg over, I, the pain here was. And I, I went to see a, a specialist in Harley Street. And he said, uh, well, what they're doing in America now is that they're fusing it. So they would fuse the two bones together. Uh, but he said, it's very experimental. He said, so I said, no, I don't want it. So for, for that period of time, I was in a bad way, yeah. And, um, well, living what? so far apart as well. Five, I, mean, so I used five, to live in Worcester Park yeah. in Surrey. So what do you do for five months? Do you still come and have um, I, I went a physio walked. or what? No. Nope. I, I had some physio uh, where I would go over, you know, probably two days, three days a week. But after that, no. I mean, I could uh, very barely walk. And, uh, and it was only another guy in, in Harley Street that uh, got me better uh, by going up to see him as well because I wasn't going to have it fused, and, um, which was very untried at that time. But Bill, Bill wasn't for individuals. Bill built football teams. Yeah. And he built football teams that were, were winners. And in a way, that's the secret, and that's, one of the secrets of his success, right? That's what, that's what it was. He, he was entirely different from any other person at that time, you know, manager's side. Mm. And, and every time he did something, it was right. Mm. But of course, he, I think he sent you away, didn't he, for a spell mm. in, that, yeah. in that season? Yeah. yeah. You went back, is it back I went to, to Fulham? Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Well, there was a funny story about that. On Wednesdays, we used to have games in the reserves at White Hart Lane. And literally, we had a game one day. I think it was against Swansea. 
something like that. So as we came up the steps, there were about, what, 1,000 people in the ground, you know, Wednesday afternoon. And uh, we kicked off, and a little kid on their team, he could have only been about 17, walked straight up to me and stood within about two feet of me. And the game's going on. And I said, you're right, son. He said, yeah. So I said, well, what are you doing here? I said, you're missing the game. I said, so am I. So he said, well, I've been told not to give you a kick. So everywhere you go, I'm going to follow you. I said, you've got to be joking, haven't you? Who told you to do that? He said, the manager. So everywhere I went, <laughs> he followed me. And I, in one stage, after about 20 minutes, I walked down the stairs <laughs> to go in the dressing room. And he stood at the stop, top of the stairs, the kid, and watched me, you know. And when I came back up again, you know, I, I did a bit of running around and it was aching a bit. But I said to Bill after, I said, Bill, I, I can't get fit, you know, playing with, against kids like this who want to stop me playing. I want to get as fit as I possibly can so I can come back and play again. Um, so he said, well, where do you want to go? I said, I don't know. You know, get me somewhere. Where they go. And Bill Dodgen was the manager at uh, Fulham then. And he'd, he'd heard about it and said, uh, can we have him over here? So that's what happened. And then basically I played about four games for Fulham. And um, then I got a phone call uh, from Bill. We were playing Milan on the Tuesday or Wednesday night, whatever it was, uh, on a Sunday morning. And uh, he said, uh, how are you feeling? I said, yeah, I'm much, much fitter now, Bill. I said, I'm enjoying it. You know, really were, you, enjoying it. were you feeling better than injury? Yes, life? I was, yeah. yeah. I, I said, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. He said, right. He said, uh, we've had Mick Simmons watching you. He said, every game you play for Fulham, and he said, you're back to your normal best. He said, so get in your car, go to Fulham, get your, uh, your boots, he said, and get over here and do a bit of training before the Wednesday game. And that's what I did. I got there, walked into the dressing room, and he said, the captain's back. Mm. Um, and that was it. Basically, we played against Milan. Uh, with Stevie Perriman got the two goals. We went out Did to Milan. Did you get the first sent off? Uh, no, I don't think. Some, someone wound him up, didn't they? They're the, they're the blokes. Oh, Bailey, yeah, 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 yeah. Bonetti used to wind everybody up. Yeah, <laughs> he was a nasty man. But before that, though, <coughs> before that Milan, before you came up, while you were still injured playing, I suppose there was a famous game you were playing through the injury for quite a bit. The, the game against Nantes when you got sent off. Do you remember what happened after that? Because it all kicked off after you got yeah, sent off. Yeah, remember. Bill. He was, um, <laughs> it was funny actually, now I think about it. Uh, this fellow, again, was like putting his weight about. He was a big centre forward. And boom, he did me a couple of times. And I thought, you know, I've had that. Boom. And then I went into a tackle and went over the top. And the, the referee sent us both off. Mm. Literally, this is about five minutes before half time. So as I went past Bill, he gave me a mouthful. You know, and which I can't say on uh, the podcast. So as I walked through, no, no. no. As as I walked through, basically this fellow was was coming as well. So I thought I hid behind the wall. So if he's coming, he's going to go. So you both got sent off. Yeah, he was. He followed behind me. Yeah, we both got sent off. Yeah. So as I'm going to our dressing room. He's going to turn in his dressing room, but he might have a guy at me there, so fine. I was waiting for him. Mm. And literally, before I got there, he's now come up there, and it was Bill. And Bill gave him one. <laughs> you know, you know, and, was a, and, and, and that was it. You know, it wasn't me. And there he was laying on the floor. What an image front, that yeah. was. Can you imagine? You know, there's cameras everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. The great Bill Nick waiting to smack someone. I mean... Yeah. 
It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Because so you, you get to the final, yeah. you're playing Wolves at, at Molyneux, and I, you told me when we were chatting a few months ago about, uh, about that, that you're claiming the assist for Martin, <laughs> Chiv- Martin Chivers' goal. <laughs> he, he was, um, again, scoring goals again, Martin. Literally, I mean, we played very well that night, uh, basically. And I made a run uh, for one of his goals uh, where, you know, from a, a right-sided midfield player and made a sort of 40-yard run, you know, behind players there. And Martin had got it there and he jinxed inside. And I'm saying, you greedy bastard. <laughs> what a goal! <laughs> you know, and Bob, he hit it, didn't he? What a hit that I mean, he smashed it Astonishing it was, it, was, it was fantastic, you know. So I was the first one to pat him on the yeah. back like, and swear at him. You know. Do you think, looking back, those Wolves game, those, that two-legged final, I mean, the fact that you came back, you're captain again, Macy Milan, you're back in. Do you think, looking back, though, were these sort of your two greatest games overall for Tottenham? Yeah, I think so. I, I think the, the, the last one, uh, you know, was against um, uh, Wolves, which... The second leg will, at White Yes, yeah, will never be we forgotten. Cup, yeah. yeah. Um, and what a way to finish your time at the club yeah. as well, you know, which I didn't really want to do it. But, yeah, but what an incredible season yeah. for, to be the climactic season. Yeah. And also for it all well, to it was, be it documented. Was a, it was like a book, wasn't it? You well, know, and, it and there was a book, written a book that the hero yeah. had come back again and, and won the game for Yeah, them, absolutely. You know? yeah. Well, and you've got an absolute clattering from the keeper. Was it, was it Phil, Phil yeah. Parker's oh, ex-keeper? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a good... But you were telling me that Cecil... you would normally have taken that free kick. Oh, yeah, Martin, yeah, Martin, Martin Chivers took it, but no, it was Martin Peters. Yeah. Yes. But Martin, who was a better header than me, you know, in the box, mm. especially used to ghost in there, didn't he? And uh, I used to take them yeah. and curl them in, but I was, like, already there when it took place. I'd made a run, and Martin was out there near the ball, so he put the ball down, so I thought, I'll stay here. So literally ran about four yards on the, to the near post, not expecting it. And I just a glance of the head, and then they smacked me straight in the chops. The fellow that was the goalkeeper, he got his foot in, in my thigh, as he's there, and smacked me past it, boom. And I was down there a bit dazed, and then dear old Cecil Point, and the old uh, kit man, he came and he said, how are you, son? I said, all right, Cecil. And he poured all the sponge and the water all over me. <laughs> he said, come on in, son, get up, you've scored. Get back, start playing, <laughs> and threw me back on the pitch again. That's Today, that. you'd have to stay off yeah. because you've had, you yeah, know, this yeah, and that. So I should claim at Spurs, actually, for this injury yeah. over the years. <laughs> you know, like, uh, because, you know, get a bit senile, don't you? Yeah. get smacked in the chops so, now, right. you know, when you're on the pitch. You mentioned the last show there, the sitting down with Bill Nick and, and you're going. And, and you know, we, we've been honoured on this show to have quite a few other great players that... Uh, been honest, been really badly treated by the club. Jimmy Greaves didn't want to go. Martin Chivers, Pat Jennings, moving forward, Graham Roberts, Mickey Tony Hassel, Galvin, actually. Tony Galvin. You know, look, looking back, you know, as a professional and what you achieved at Spurs, the way you let go, and the great career you had afterwards at Fulham and as a manager. Looking back after all that's happened, what what is to, to this day now? What does Tottenham mean to you now? Oh, it's, uh, it was a huge part of my life. Um, I think one, one time when I was manager of Brighton, we came up to Tottenham uh, to play, and uh, <clears throat> there must have been about 25,000 people in the stadium already. And I walked up the steps and walked onto the pitch, and I got this magnificent evasion. Mm. And I went, blimey, 
I miss this. Mm. I miss all this, you know, walking up those steps and, and going out on the pitch. But what I did is I turned around quickly, went in, put a pair of shorts on the boots, and I went out and started springing balls about. <laughs> and every time I ate a long ball, they would say, yeah, you know, clapping this and that. So I thought that was great. I did play again, you know, before the kickoff. So, yeah. I mean, they, they were, how can I say, Fulham was a lovely club to join as a kid. It was great for me, people like Johnny Haynes and Jimmy Hill, Roy Bentley, who died recently, you know, 73 this week or last week. Um, you know, that was, that was a good upbringing. And I served my apprenticeship there to go to a bigger club that wasn't big. It was huge. It was massive. Um, and very much, I wouldn't say it was a family club. It was a winning club. And if you didn't win, then it was like a morgue you know, every week uh, until you played again and then you won again. Uh, but you, you could see how Bill's heart was literally um, in every piece of stone that was at White Hart Lane. And he and was broken when he, was, oh, when he went, wasn't he? I mean, I know, yeah, the great yeah. thing is obviously Keith, yeah. Keith Berkenshaw brought him back in as yeah. a consultant scout and... A lot of yeah. those players like Graham Roberts yeah. and Gary Mabbott talk about how Bill Just was discovered by Bill. Tony Gale found them. Yeah. But, found them. You know, even the greatest manager in the club's history yeah. was treated yeah. as disdainfully yeah. as, as he himself, on a, yeah. when he felt the need to, treated the players. That was almost the way yeah. the club was, yeah. I guess, mm. wasn't it? And yeah. you, you saw it, you were, you were on well, the receiving in yourself. We, we were basically people that, that they paid a lot of money for. Uh, when the, we were transferred to Tottenham Hotspur, and they expected their money's worth. Uh, and if you fell below that, then they moved you on, and things like that. Uh, but to be there at the time, to try and <coughs> compete against the 1962, you know, where they won the double, I mean, was basically, you were everlasting trying to do that. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a tough time for, for players. And if you weren't strong enough... Um, then you soon got found out. I mean, but we were a, a very, very good side that knitted together mm. very well. And people came through, like Stevie Perriman came through, uh, you know, as a little midfield player there. And, and he was a little diamond. You, you so. still work within the club now. Yes. You, you're, you know, you, you work in the lounges. In the, and in the corporate quite, side, yeah. Quite well. How do you, you know, I know, you look, you, you know, on those occasions you're an employee, so I know you're not going to slag them off. I'm not that stupid, but... How do you feel the club is now? And it was just wasn't Steve, Steve it wasn't to me it that was shook. It was the yeah. sugar era. Steve, Steve Taylor to me that the players feel more want, feel yeah. more wanted now. He's always been they shot feel stupid, part of, of the club again. They felt they were let down yeah. by the club. Th- they were not wanted, and now there's a sense of from, no, from Steve's view anyhow. I that, think that's that they a, get it. A reasonably fair comment um, because there was different board of directors. You know when we were there. Uh, me mostly, you know, and Steve there for all those years. Um, so there, there, there were, they very, very rarely got with players, directors. I mean, now, um, I think it was last season or the season, well, it was last season, we, we were invited up to uh, a dinner in London to a very, very pesh, uh, posh restaurant where uh, the chairman had invited all the lads on the corporate side and he got Maurizio to come and his, his uh, coach and you know Ozzy sort of went on and on and I still can't understand the word he says. 
And, uh, you know, it, you felt very, very homely. And, and they, they asked me to make a short speech about it, you know, with the chairman. He was describing what the, the ground was going to be like and things like that. And it was a smashing evening. And uh, I got up and said, Mr Chairman, I've got to say, this is a really, really nice gesture, you know, that you invited all the lads, uh, very much so. And we've decided, as lads together, that we should do this at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> the Chairman soon sat down. <laughs> but it was, it, it felt like a family, yeah. you know, and I, I, I don't think... You know, in the days when I went there, that, that the directors had any sort of favour with the players, to be fair. Mm. Even though, you know, they, they ran the club very, very well. Um, it, was, it was a different thing. I mean, on the football side, Bill ran yeah. the whole of it. A bit like Wenger has, you know, just recently. And I, I feel quite sad about that as well, what he's done. That our people haven't recognised what a good manager he's been, uh, you know, Wenger, uh, there at the time, 22 years. But Bill was exactly the same. You know, as soon as it came to his end, he was pushed, you mm. know, slightly out of, of what he was. I mean, Tottenham Hotspur was his life. Mm. He, he lived Tottenham Hotspur. He lived around the corner, didn't he, in White Hart Lane, uh, in that little two up, two down. Basically, never, never bought a big house or anything like until he retired. And literally, he would be in the club by 7.30 every morning. Mm. And he would leave at 7 o'clock at night. He'd be there 12 hours a day. Whatever he was doing, I don't know. But he did. And, and that, he, Tottenham Hotspur was Bill Nicholson. I'll ask you this because everyone has a different view on this. What is the essence of a club, the club? Is it the Vicks and Mortar? Is it the fans? Is it the players? Is it the, the history? What is it that makes a club it, special? It, it's, it's a bit partly most of those, yes. I mean, if you're looking at uh, uh, crowds when I first arrived, like 60-odd thousand people, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. It really was. Um, and one other little story, when we played uh, Arsenal, uh, you know, when they were going for the double, uh, basically, I was driving from, from Worcester Park, where I lived, you know, all the way over, and got stopped on the Cambridge Road because the traffic was so vast. And I knew that I was going to be late getting in the ground. So I just gave my keys to my wife. She got in the seat. And I started part, running. Part of the car. And I was booted and suited. You know, she was in the crowd waiting to drive the car in the car park. And I was booted and suited. And I was running up, running through people around, patting me on the back. And, this, and I was going down. I'd run out of fuel by the time I got to the ground. When I got to the ground, I pushed through, you know, everybody and got to the gates. And uh, there was a fellow on the gate inside. And I said, open up, mate. I said, I'm late. He said, yeah. For what? Real jobs, man. So I said, uh, I said, you know, I'm playing tonight. He says, yeah, pull the other one. It's got bells on. He said. So I said, I'm the captain of this football club. This was now half an hour before the kickoff. So he said, yeah, all right, go on. He said, get over. There. I've tried that one. He said, go on, off you go. And that Barbara came out of one of the girls that worked in the office. She came out. She said, what are you doing out there this time? I said, he won't let me in. She said, do you know who this is? He said, yeah. He said, he keeps telling me he's Alan Murray. He said, I don't believe a word he's saying. She said, you silly sod, that is Alan Murray. So he opened the gate and I got in, like, you know. And, and when I got in, Bill said, where you been? I said, well, I've just done a big road down the Cambridge Road. I've done a sprint. I said, I've done two miles. I said, I'm just coming in now and I'm knackered. I said, after running with suit on and tie and everything else like this and that. And literally, we went out and won the game. 
which is but quite amazing. The players all used to go to the, the pub next door, didn't they? Yeah. For a long time. The Bell and is called there, you know. So yeah. do you think that that's something that, that the modern day player will miss? To have that affinity with the supporters because they can't everything no. has changed and they'll never, they'll come, that, yeah. they'll never come back no, again. No, 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 I mean, I, I'm a great believer that, and I think I saw it with Liverpool a couple of weeks ago uh, when they beat Manchester City. The crowd literally won them the game, mm. so we used to have that with sixty odd thousand people. And what we didn't have, we didn't have uh, bodyguards looking after players, uh, players not being allowed to be with the public and things like this. We had to be with the public. We were, we were, that was part and parcel of our contract. You know, if we had dinners at all, you would have to sit on somebody's table. Even if you didn't know them, you had to. and you were spread out. Couldn't sit on the same table together because they, those people mm. wanted to hear what you had to say. And it was, it was on a very family basis as well. And uh, I think you got that from the players. Yeah. How do you think fans are now? The modern era, social media, corporate lounges, people paying, especially at Wembley, three, four hundred pound plus VAT a ticket. You had to sit with them. Do you think it's changed or do you still get that feeling of the real true no, Spurs I mean, fan? It's, I think I noticed this um, when I used to go to Fulham, you know, when they were in the Premier League. Um, they were getting 25,000 people because that's how, the, how much the ground held. Um, when they came out of it, they were then getting 15,000 people. So people going for the corporate side, it's a lovely day out. You know, you go to a football match, I mean, there's nothing standing on the terraces now or anything like that. Uh, you go, you sit down, you have a lovely meal, uh, even though it's very expensive. Uh, you have wine, you have beer, you whatever, and then you go out and sit in a seat and watch a game, and then go back afterwards and sit in that, uh, you know, on your same table or whatever. I mean, it's a lovely, lovely day. It's a terrific way to go and watch football. You know, sometimes you have to get there two or three hours before the game and stand on the bloody terraces and 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 do nothing else. But it's, now it's built absolutely magnificently now. I'd, I'd like to be, uh, so how can I say, a footballer now, mm. you know, for six months and then retire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, wouldn't have to work again. We all no. saw that video the other week of uh, Hugo and, and Harry walking out into the, the bowl of the new stadium. I mean, you, you've spoken to the club, you're involved still. What do you think that new ground will will do for Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, you've been all of your Spurs career at White Hart Lane. All of us saw it yeah. rebuilt three or four times from you know, over our mm. supporting career. And suddenly we're into this, this brave new, new world we're about to enter. And no one quite knows what it's like, but no. you, you've spoken to players, I'm sure. You've spoken to the club. What do you think it's going to mean to well, the club? I, I, you know, when you look at it, and the, the, it's going to be a magnificent stadium. I mean, every time, you know, last season... Uh, before they played, uh, you know, not like, was it last season? When they, they were playing stuff this season, didn't they? Um, I used to walk through the car park and look at this giant oh, building thing. being built, and I used to think, blimey, it's gladiators. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when you get on that pitch, you're a gladiator. Yeah. You want to, and this, this was absolutely magnificent. And every time I went, you know, to a game, uh, it, it was grew a bit more, didn't bigger it? And bigger. <laughs> bigger and bigger. You know, and I thought, so how do they get those... Uh, great big things out of the ground. Mm. You know, they've got these great big cranes, cranes yeah. there. 
how do you get that if it's in there? <laughs> you know, when they're building on the outside of it. Yeah. So they've got to take the pieces, haven't they? Big, right. Basically, which is a simple answer. But when you look at it, it's going to be absolutely magnificent. The only thing about it, which you've always got to be bothered about, when you move to a new stadium, it is new, and people going there would love to play on that surface. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like when we started at, you know, Wembley, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, it started bad. It, uh, people playing yeah. at Wembley, you only played in cup finals yeah. or semi-finals you know, now, yeah. but you look at it and they want to play at these, these stadiums. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's it, it, going to be a time where it's going to be quite difficult to get used to it. But they have at Wembley, and I'm sure they will, you know, in the new stadium. Are you I'm, excited I'm looking, about it? Oh, Absolutely. Like a kid with new toys, you know. Um, I mean, it's just my life since I've been, how can I say, 10 years old, I always wanted to be a footballer. And the funny thing about it is 60 years later, I'm still doing it. It's lovely. Alan, it, it's honestly, it's, it's, we do these every month, but uh, to hear from you and, and people listening at home and people here, you're such an iconic player for Spurs, played nearly 400 games for Spurs. I don't know, as a, as a player, even when you retire, you, you quite fully understand what you actually mean to the man and woman on the terraces watching watching these iconic iconic games we talked about. But, but you really mean a lot to us and the memories, and we really, really appreciate that you've come from, from Sussex to be here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, here and at home, please show your appreciations. Mr. Alan This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Hi, this is Ryan Mason. I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the Spurs Show end of season event at 100 Club on May 16th. Go to live.spurshow.net for tickets. See you there. Sports Social Podcast Network.